have have we all seen uh, what I like to call a, a clapper Matt Hancock? A clapper Matt. Clapper Matt. A ruffled Matt. What line of the tube is that on? <laughs> well, uh, so I, I feel like um, we've seen. We've seen Matt Hancock at the moment of his innocence now that yet mm. another story about him just like giving a bunch of contracts to, in one case, his local pub landlord, and in another yeah. case, uh, someone he yeah, knew like, from university. Prelapsarian <laughs> Matt. Yeah, he, that actually wouldn't be Clapham Matt Hancock because Clapham Matt Hancock is post-university. And like the, cla- like hmm. the Matt Hancock in that picture looks like every weird creepy PPE guy that I went to uni with mm. but they change after uni because they do all move to Clapham and then they're in Infernos mm-hmm. yeah. at you know whatever time at night and they definitely don't look like that anymore yeah. because they've kind of they've just you know jazzed up a bit so it's, it's, it's how they're getting Matt all the ladies sidling up to a wide-eyed guy in the <laughs> toilets and going like I actually know a guy who could hook you up with some Charlie <laughs> <laughs> it's what, what, exactly. the stage of the birds <laughs> it's this picture uh, of sort of sort of scruffy young Matt Hancock and having a drink in what I can only assume is the king's arms is absolutely pure hauntology he's wearing a shirt from next i'm pretty sure <laughs> he's, he's got a it looks like pajamas he's tucked it into his jeans he's got like he's, do, he's doing well. he's doing the pose where you like you kind of hook your fingers into one jeans pocket because you're not sure what to do with that hand <laughs> and he's doing this a big sport coat worn casually at university he is absolutely this was the moment of divergence this was the last time he could have trod a, a sort of a light path and become a non-evil one and yeah. yet he could have joined the yet. big four and become a management <laughs> consultant. Oh, we will get to them. <laughs> can oh, can we, we just can we just scroll back a bit to the Matt Hancock app? Oh, I was yeah. looking through the other day, like because I obviously put my phone in the oven, so I was looking through all. The... Obviously, I use the Matt Hancock app every day. <laughs> yeah, I still have it installed. I'm on weird. Matt I was Hancock. looking through all the apps I've ever downloaded to see which ones I needed to download again, and I found the Matt Hancock app. And just remembered how much fun Smash we that had with that button. because you could just message everyone else who had the app. On, do you remember? It was like was Instagram. It the best thing ever. Yeah. It was a, no. It was. It was like it was a lot of the um, a lot of the early like lefty shit posters and podcasters. They're all friends from Matt Hancock <laughs> from <Yeah>. before. He's <laughs> the friends reunited in leftism. The thing is, I think the Matt Hancock app went downhill after it introduced stories. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to this free episode of TF. You know what it is. It is Riley, Milo, Hussein, and Alice yet mm. again coming at you with, yeah. I think, four Pete? What? I think three or four, three or oh, four times guest. Guest who's been Pete? on most often and yet is most baffled by your recurring nonsense. Yeah, I think it, I think it is the fourth time. It, it's indeed. certainly, yeah, the, the third place. And it is the, the, the quaternary ep- epoch. It is Grace Blakely. Grace, how you Hello, doing? Hello, all. Uh, I'm really good. How are you? Oh, you know, just just enjoying the match. Just making our guests puzzle out yeah. the word <laughs> for Pete. Yeah, that was right. very, very, uh, very niche there. It's, yeah. it's, it's all for the Pete. Um, but that is right. We do have a lot of like trash future house lingo now that uh, we have to explain to guests. Even you like off mic lingo. You guys are serious now. Like I remember when mm. we just we we just got 
really pissed at one of your houses. I wouldn't say serious. And, uh, and that yeah. was the that was the the first time I came on the show. I mean, Grace and, and I are sitting here with huge beers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're not going to do that again. Do you remember how bad it was for Nate? I we recorded don't. two hours. I don't remember any crap. of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't possibly Plato. imagine recording a two-hour podcast. <laughs> do you want to know what's really funny? I had a... Grace remembers the days when there weren't 10-page notes. Yeah, right. I do, actually. I found it weird when Riley started getting all serious Ryan... about everything. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Tell us of the before times, before <laughs> Riley decided to manage the podcast. Wait, you know you know whose fault it is, the 10-page notes? It's literally my ex-girlfriend Emma's fault because once her and Riley were really drunk at a party and Riley was complaining about how the, the you know the apes are in control of the asylum on the podcast. And she was like, well, why don't you just make notes and make them all read them? And he was like, Emma, that's a fantastic idea. And I was like, Emma, fuck you. Also, yeah. immediately. Okay. you just brought up your ex-girlfriend again just after we were talking about how much of a girlfriend guy you are. Yeah. Such girlfriend oh, she's, guy vibes. She's such a long, such wife long ex. So, um, <laughs> number one, uh, the notes are to impress the people from the FT that listen. Number two. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> that was the other thing. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, if you work for the FT and you listen to this podcast <laughs> and you like it, Riley does want very badly to be friends with you. <laughs> yeah. In real life. You just want some, like, respectability, don't you? You're <laughs> like everything that was wrong with the Corbin Project, trying to, like, get respectability from the yeah. ruling classes by, like... We, we, possibly... we call the listeners hogs, but in in fact, it is the hogs who are us. The hogs yeah. are in charge of the asylum, some might say. <laughs> ah, very good. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I've got a startup for us all. Okay. Uh, it is called Cyclone. No, it isn't. And for afraid it is. It's a cycling oh, no. thing. Uh, no, but it is fitness related. And for reasons that they won't Does explain, they can only have you? Series A investment. <laughs> <laughs> Does it replace you with a kind of cyborg that then kills your friends and co-workers? Uh, no, that's a Cylon. Sorry, Alice. This is Cyclone, and this is the zero waste blank that you will never own. Wait, what? Zero waste <laughs> what? blank. It doesn't exist. Okay. Um, oh, shit. So you can Cyclone, never own it. Yeah. The zero waste um, that you can never own. You can never own it. Is ever. it mm. zero what are waste the things that we're not allowed socialism. to own anymore? Cars, houses, bicycles. Bernie uh, Sanders. Uh, yeah. Um, that you can't, I have no idea. What is it? I'll do it again. Is it like a piece of like air or something? Is it like Might as well space? Be. Like uh, a like a star? It is. <laughs> no, no, you can own those. Most of my savings <laughs> are in those. Yeah. Uh, no, really, you can't have these blank. Well, just not forever because we'll need them back. You see, is it this jelly? <laughs> <laughs> have, they in- <laughs> have they invented a library? I've got an idea. Yes, Hussein. It is it one single sun. So S O N or S U N? S O N, like a child. Yeah, like I, a thought, large I was going to say babies as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Red, Those red are high waste, this though. Is... If you could invent a zero That's waste true, child, actually. that would be impressive. That would be innovative. So, yeah. what you do is hmm. you subscribe to this service for £25. Okay. And then you. £25 or what? <laughs> uh, £25 of money. And then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, how often? Yeah. Um, you ass? <laughs> like a, a year, a month for life? What? Uh, 25 pounds of manure. Well, that's a bargain. It's uh, 25. A subscription implies a recurring payment. Yes, it's a recurring payment. As far as I can tell, it's 25 pounds every few months. Uh, every three months. Okay, or so. well, every specific. few months. <laughs> every so often. Uh, when it's about saying every few months. You. Yeah. You'll know. No, yeah, uh, like they send poorly walnuts around. It's like, hey, it's I'm coming for the money. LBS. <laughs> Of money yeah. every <laughs> six to twelve weeks. Yeah. So okay, I've 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 got I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Well, it's a serious one. Okay, 
So I think it's still cycling related, but they give they rent you wheels. So you have so like close. the frame. That is so close. Oh really? Oh. Is it I would have said I would have said I would have said that's not like a bad idea. Like if depending is it on the where bike you are, it's not from, a it's bad always bike. sunny. No, it's it's think about this. What think about what bike wheels are to a bike. They rent these to you. What? what? You have that SAT brain. Shoes. They rent you shoes. It's shoes. Yachtsman is to rent you shoes. They rent you shoes. It's basically a pair of shoes. Oh, Raphael Beth. That you will never, if they say. Oh, they've invented a bowling alley. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so it says. You Are they all clown shoes? You can never own these shoes. Uh, because cool. they are <laughs> you can rent them. Yes, you can rent them. Wow. I hate owning my shoes. Oh my Why god! Why can't I financialize my shoes? Oh my god, I know cry what? out this every is, night. This is so tragic as well because I remember like chatting. To, I think it was like at some random party a while ago, and someone came up to me and they were talking about. I think they were working for some sort of like big, you know, I don't know, fucking furniture company or some shit, and um, they were talking about how you know what and like millennials these days. They just don't like buying things. So we're doing something really innovative. And I think it's going to, and they were talking to me, obviously being like, well, you know, you're on the left. You'll really appreciate this. Okay, great. Well, Drag people- my business <laughs> ideas on the podcast. I said that to you in confidence. <laughs> we're letting people rent their furniture. And they were saying this, like it was this kind of amazing revolutionary thing that was going to like transform people's lives and, and make everything so much better for, for the millennials who couldn't afford to buy their own homes because they just want to rent things. Mm-hmm. We just like renting. Yeah, we love it. We, we just do. love handing over mm-hmm. a, an amount of money at an unspecified interval. Mm-hmm. Forever. Forever. Well, here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Crucially, this, you're not renting. This is a subscription. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even get the security of a shoe-assured tenancy. <laughs> and instead, you are simply... It's like, mm. a, it's like a blockbuster video used to be. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Can the rate on your shoes go up, depending on where uh, you live? Like, sorry, there's a high demand on shoes. So, <laughs> we surge-priced your shoes. So what yeah. they've said is, basically, they said, actually, it's good for you, and it's good for the environment, because we made these shoes out of castor beans. What and the fuck so, is a castor? <laughs> cool. it's, 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 Are they what you get the sugar what, from? This is so much like, like there's there's so much environmental stuff that is much like eating bugs, where it's like, okay, but there were better ways of doing that. You didn't have to do this strange thing yeah. of making my shoes out of beans. I wasn't really thinking of like <laughs> shoes. Hold up, Alice. They're not your they're not your shoes. Remember, you've just subscribed. Oh, to ma- making the shoes that I subscribe to out of beans. That's right. Um, I, like I personally get my shoes thrown in with Amazon Prime, yeah. so I don't know what all you guys. So, are. Um, here's a- again, we're, we're just we're just we keep coming back to this bit, but by this point, it is just a boomer joke about what they imagine communism to be. Is oh, in the Soviet Union, you wouldn't eat. You don't have to share shoes that would be made out of reconstituted beans. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, uh, simply put, they say it's a zero waste product with our back loop system in place. Oh, the back loop, yes. <laughs> back loop. That, that reassures me. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the shoe. Back loop it's like, shoes. It's, like, yeah. it's like human sentai pad, but for shoes. They say we're human able, sentai pad. <laughs> we, we are able to reuse <laughs> these. We are able to reuse the materials, <laughs> so no products. And uh, that's right. Yeah. Have Wait, you what? seen he the famous South Park? The, South Park episode? the no. politics show. Oh my god, babe. Oh. Look, he was like laughing at me, like I didn't know how to pronounce human centipede. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. That is how it seems if you haven't seen that South Park episode. Fucking <laughs> right. Welcome to the South Park Review Show, where we talk about our favorite <laughs> episodes of South Park. This is politics back in 2007. Um, yeah. So, a back loop system is much cooler than it sounds. That's good. <laughs> 
Hmm. Uh, today, we have what's called a linear model for the life cycle of most products, where you have a timeline okay. for a product that says make, use, dispose. We are dreaming of a different destiny for our wow. shoes. Yeah, if you just make it out of beans, you can just mush it back up and then reform <laughs> yes. it with the big shoes. Your shoes, shoes will eventually yes. become part of a taco, yes. no, which is exciting. Alice, no. Alice, yes, that's literally what no. they do. They melt no. the shoes no. down, they make no. them into no, more shoes. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. That's amazing. You can't, no. Yeah. What they're doing is they're implementing. <laughs> no, I, I'm not just, I, no, I'm not subscribing. Subscribing to wear shoes made out of like formed beans. This is like, first of all, this is like something Jamie Oliver would do an expose on. Like, do you know what your shoes are made of? Um, and, and second of all, this the genuine. The turkey twizzlers of uh, the modern era. Exactly. Yeah, the turkey twizzlers of shoes. This genuinely sounds like something the Nazis would come up with. Like, you know, the really mad Nazi schemes where they were like, we're going to make. Uh, that wasn't the right accent. Yeah. We are going to make <laughs> are, synthetic, synthetic rubber out of lemon at grave human cost. Like, this is like that. Like, shoes out of beans. Like, what? I, I genuinely was not prepared for Nazi Borat. <laughs> so, so, my manager, Azamat Hitler. So, basically... <laughs> This, the reason that this is able to be green, right, is that they say it's part of the circular economy, which is going to come up again later, um, where they say, look, all we have to do to make like zero waste shoes is have a system where you get shoes that break after three or four months. So you oh, constantly yeah. have to be have shipping we... ones back and forth to us where yeah. we melt down the beans. Uh, that, that was going to be my next yeah. question. Unless, unless they're being run to you by somebody who is also wearing the bean shoes, like th there's some transportation involved there, right? <laughs> like, Alice, I assume that's going to be taken care of by Tesla. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be dropped to you by a drone, also made out of beans. Oh no, they, 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 send, they send a guy who's wearing bean shoes to go mm. pick up your bean shoes to drop back off the bean shoe center. Yeah. It's the idea that like wearing bean shoes reduces your carbon footprint. Yes. When you're <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer a carbon footprint, no. it's a bean footprint. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So instead of sh throwing out your shoes, send them back to us. We'll be able to recycle 100% of them as raw materials. And with mm. this continuous back loop, we're able to protect Stock the Earth's resources. Footage. Oh, yeah. wow. Stock footage of me shoveling pairs of shoes into a bin and going, if only there were a better way. <laughs> okay. But I don't understand why they need to be recycled. They're just beans. You could just put them in like your food household recycling bin. Oh. Why do they need to get them back? It's like they're so like then, a because then they can make you keep paying for them forever. They're selling your shoes to Chiquitos. Yeah. That's the secret. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So the the idea here is, yeah, it's oh look, it's all green. It's innovative. We've made shoes out of beans, and but they're ours that, forever. It is actually putting together the two largest bubbles of the last year, which have been shoes, green technology shit, green energy, yeah, and tech. I mean, if you look at like the stocks that have just drastically outperformed everything else, it's been uh, green energy, pharmaceuticals, mm. and, and tech. Everything else has been fucked. That's entirely what's driven the stock market rally. And this isn't a tech company at all. It's but it's not actually a well. It's it's not really a green thing either, is it? It's just like no. But this is the same as fucking we were. Like the te the technology tech that they're claiming to like be based on is crushing stuff into a shoe shape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, may, may I offer? May I offer the court? Oh, beans shoes. <laughs> That's right. Um, but what I think is have a, have a further exhibit to introduce into evidence of smack balm pee wet in Wigan. That's as good as shoes. <laughs> but that's what I find interesting about this, right? Like, is mm -hmm. is that it? It's essentially a way uh, for 
it's it's a way for a, a more extractive uh, model of rentierism to mm. just creep into your life in a really mundane and again the thin end of the wedge is lifestyle almost luxurious way and before you know it you don't own anything anymore you've just rented di- beans constituted into different forms <laughs> and yeah when we this is one of the contradictions of capitalism because when we don't own anything anymore it will just be socialism. <laughs> the oh, socialism yeah. of when, beans. When the, the tech companies own everything and everyone else has to share things that are rented to them by the tech companies, that will be socialism. That's what Marx said. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was me, a footnote in Capital Volume 3, I think. Me at three o'clock in the morning after going home with someone from the bar. I'm sorry, my dick's made of beans. <laughs> yeah, see, 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 see the beans of production. Yeah, the beans of production. <laughs> wow. Very good. Once we finally get to the point, Point in class struggle where the peasantry have to eat their shoes, as always seems to happen. At least mm. this time there'll be some nutrition well, okay, in them. Here's the thing, Matthew <laughs> Goodwin can finally eat his shoes. This was a really good way of actually getting around the problem of like collectivization. Rather than like forcing people into, you know, collectives to produce food to feed the workers, you just instead use agricultural produce to make everything that you could have need. Yeah. Any input to production, yeah. just made out of beans. It's just the astronaut meme. Wait, it's all beans? Always <laughs> has been. The contradictions are resolving themselves in the form of beans, endless beans. Why That's couldn't right. we have more beans? Um, Marx did not predict beans. <laughs> what if those linen coats were made of beans, yo? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right. Well, anyway, so that's the uh, that, that's the bean shoe. I'm sorry. This is just this has completely destroyed the front half of my brain within the first twenty minutes. I'm just now gonna search the entire works of Marx to see if he ever used the word beans. <laughs> Please do. Mm. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Uh, Does anyone remember, like in the in the early noughties when the phrase "cool beans" was a real thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was about this. Yeah. It was about mm. this. Yeah. It was about the cool world we it could eventually make exactly. out of beans. Because yeah. all beans are cool. They're by <laughs> making the cool redundant. Well, these are you castor beans. These are it's castor beans, actually, we're talking oh, okay. about. What yeah. is a castor bean? Or castor? Uh, I don't know if you're saying that's I, your accent or if that's actually how you. I, I barely it. know what a castor bean is. It's a kind of small is. unidirectional rotating wheel that's also a bean. Um, that was the first thing to be made out of beans. Right. So um, here's the thing, right? Let's, bearing, that, bearing that in mind, we've mentioned uh, this thing the Great Reset. On mm. the last uh, premium episode of the podcast, great bean set about the Netflix um, business model. <laughs> Thank you. Um, right, we we talked about. Also, that. Marx uses the word beans three times in okay. capital <laughs> volume one. You already- You're welcome. I'm going to pause. Wow. Moving along the podcast, Alice, please tell us about the three times he used the word beans. <laughs> Uh, the cereal crops include wheat, oats, barley, uh, rye, beans, is this and it, peas. Is this in volume one? Aren't beans technically a pulse? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucked up. He oh got that God. wrong. Really <laughs> good. Another thing he got wrong. Yeah, he got that wrong, and then 1990 in the Soviet Union. <laughs> Marks disproven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the worker shoulders a load of metal weighing from 180 to 200 pounds from a depth of 450 feet and lives on bread and beans only. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's towards the end, right? As well. Where he does that those really long chapters where he describes how shit everything is in England. Yeah. yeah, beans and circuses. Oats, barley, and beans are expected to turn out less unfavorably as the wet has benefited them. So again, predicting Wigan. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Wigan didn't exist in 1840. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Wigan is a Marxist concept. That's right. It was no. It was it was created by uh, the Labour Party, like <laughs> Milton Keynes was in the yeah. 1950s. As part of the construction of it. the very real red wall, <laughs> yeah, which indeed. was actually a wall. Mm. So. Let's uh, let's talk about the Great Reset. Um, it's something that's come up, I, I think, quite a bit, not just in kind of uh, lefty podcast sphere and uh, 
right-wing conspiracy sphere and also just a in... A lot of overlap between those yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, and just generally, it's something that's being talked about a little bit. It is associated with WEF, um, World Economic Forum, uh, which is a meeting that takes place uh, in Davos, wrecking it for everyone who just wants to go there and chill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm going this, to is my f- this is my favorite of Riley's like impenetrable <laughs> petty beefs. Is the idea that the giant rich people party at Davos ruins an otherwise rich perfectly party. nice Swiss <laughs> Look, fucking have you, have you ever been to Switzerland? Yeah. I, I go I go and I puke in Bolgen Plaza in Davos every year while loudly singing along to Schlager music as part of an apre and I really resent Wef for ruining it. Cool. Like the second most repulsive thing to happen to Davos every year. <laughs> mm. Look, it's, it's the place where I go and sing Shotzi Schenk me ein Photo with a bunch of like <laughs> Zurich people. Switzerland is a very weird place. <sighs> people of Zurich. Strange. Good, oh, good, tell me good, about good, it. Good trains. Yeah. yeah. Um, good, good mountains. Yeah. Clocks. Otherwise, quite strange. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, great banking secrecy. <laughs> oh god, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> now the bank is completely transparent. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. So they've made ba- a number on you, Riley. Have you been like bought by the Swiss banking authority or something? That's right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like UBS in-house now. podcast. Hey, hey, Riley, what's that multi-tool you've been using? <laughs> Let me take a closer look at that. <laughs> so basically. Uh, the World Economic Forum has been meeting in Davos since the 1970s, where it was originally convened to fight the problems of stagflation and organized labor. And yeah. little has changed. <laughs> and bean manufacturing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They would love that yeah, Just shoe. one guy mm. showed up like, please, my beans. So, you have to rescue my bean empire. What's happened, basically, is that they are a, they're a group of sort of political... Bean counters. And <laughs> oh. They're a group of bean counters, uh, political and, and, and sort of economic elites generally. So you're IMF heads and your big people from big companies and sort of so on and so on and all of their coteries of other sort of demons. Yeah, your juggalos. Yeah, your juggalos. Your gigolos. They'll yeah. descend yeah, on... Yeah, but then yeah. also if you say demons in a funny voice, that's the right-wing conspiracy angle. Yeah. Wait, what? So basically, uh, what happens is uh, they, uh, they, they come in and they discuss all of the problems of the global economy and try to coordinate different solutions to them. It has to be yeah, understood. Like how, how to do cultural Marxism to yeah. it, I guess. Uh, which would, of course, be the right-wing conspiracy. But generally speaking, yeah. in, in reality, it is basically a place where it's mostly just where they go to agree like the marketing messages for all of the sort of horrible brutalization that they're all going to then inflict on sort of various uh, people who don't have much of a choice but to accept yeah, it. Yeah, it, it just kind of seems like the vibe I get about Davos is that it's like, do you remember the two investment bankers in trading places? Just kind of making bets with each other, like this year, I bet we can get them to fucking eat bugs or wear shoes made out of beans. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and- a guy renting a pod who's just like, I've never been so happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Very good. Um, <laughs> and so basically, right, what it ever since sort of 2008, it has very slowly come to the realization that it needs to start accounting for. Um, 
the sort of ongoing. Yeah, it needs to start accounting for the everything, everything yeah. being terrible. Yeah. And so, and therefore, hey, that, that guy from Occupy Wall Street who made a big show of going to Davos actually had an effect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where he well, he had basically a rhetorical effect. <laughs> he, he like he went there and was like, "Hey, maybe we should do some sustainable capitalism." And everyone in Davos heard him and was like, "Holy shit, we've got to put a stop to this immediately." <laughs> so basically, on the one hand, it's this very banal thing where it's like a business version of an American institution called ALEC, which is where like right-wing organizations in states will like share laws that have worked in one or the other. It's why state governance in America tends to be so right-wing is that these idea-sharing organizations exist. And it's an idea-sharing organization where people go and say, here's what I did to like further extract value from my workers, or here's what I did to like you know, pay to train up Google's next generation of coders in Colombia or whatever. And they mm. share those ideas. Hey, why don't we have one of those? Yeah. And and so on the one hand, it's this quite like benign, relatively benign thing. Whereas on the other hand, the r- sort of various right-wing conspiracies about it, especially around the Great Reset, which a lot of like QAnon um, QAnon stuff has like started looking at. Oh, they love a bit of ominous shit, yeah. don't they? Like mm. their current thing is a misspelled lawsuit, which they are calling the Kraken. <laughs> so what they're saying, th- and this thing, they're looking at this this thing, the Great Reset, which is basically nothing. It's basically let's rebrand capitalism a little bit, but change very little. Yeah, do you remember? Do you, like, do you remember when the U.S. and Russia had a ceremonial reset button that did nothing? <laughs> so cool. what? What they're right next to the Brexit. Button. What they are in fact doing though, what the right wing conspiracists think they're doing is they're going to create a single digital ledger of every person of everything you do, of every tree and piece of dirt in the entire world. And it's like, dude, that already exists. Well, they they think also yeah. that like there's going to be this is where they're deciding all the mandatory vaccination programs are gonna microchip everyone, yeah, etc. Yeah. And you and blue helmets are gonna repel into your front row. However, <laughs> What, as we're going to sort of explore the content of what they're actually doing, I think what's going to become quite clear is that all of the things that they're advocating for, A, are things that are just already happening already in the real economy all over the world, and B, the, all the right-wing conspiracy wingnuts are basically only wrong about the particulars. But they're right mm. about general themes. They're wrong that, no, it's not like there's going to be one major database that WEF is going to control. There's going to be this moment of institutional rupture. But in their great reset of, of capitalism to focus on things like AI and the Internet of Things and stakeholder engagement or whatever, that's going to require massive databases of everything. And those databases get mm. more valuable when they're linked together. And who's going to control those databases? It's not going to be WEF. It's going to be Philips Beans. and Amazon and uh, the, the bean people. It's the socialism of fools, right? You correctly identify, hey, I personally don't have any power, and the people who do have a lot of power all seem to be friends with each other, and then you take a wild veer off of peace and go, ah, that's because they're all socialists, or they're all Jews, or whatever. And like, instead of being like, huh, all of these people share a class interest. Wait, so these are right-wing conspiracies? Hmm. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is it is really, really interesting because it does, um, I mean, it, it's kind of the opposite of, but with the same kind of thrust of like the kind of utopian socialism that Marx was speaking at, right? Mm. Which was that like on the left, there were these ideas that, you know, there was a set of people who were in charge of the world and the, the job of the socialist was to organize people in order to kind of change, you know, whatever constellation of things that you thought particularly needed to be changed. And then Marx's, 
innovation was to come at this and say, no, capitalism is a, a social system that we can analyze scientifically and historically and like trace its development over time. And these are the kind of laws according to which this system works. And the other side of that is failing to realize the kind of structural conditions that give rise to a set of repeating phenomenon that if you abstracted them from analysis of that system would look like someone was doing something. It would look like there was like a bunch of people at the top who were making this happen and making this happen and making this happen. I mean, to an extent, yeah, well, I mean, to an extent, like there are, and there are decisions that are being made that are like shaping the, you know, way in which capitalism works and the, you know, all of the, all of the things that we're talking about. They're um, ruining Davos. Yeah. I mean, there is like, there is a level of <laughs> yeah. planning of capitalism, which is interesting, but it's not like the kind of, you know, there's, uh, I mean, I don't even know any of these fucking conspiracies, like lizards at the, well, the right the wing top conspiracy sphere are... is central planning. This is what is interesting well, yeah. because it's already to an extent happening. I mean, it, there is a form of planning in the sense that there is this like broad system, which largely is kind of in, incomprehensible and in, um, you know, it, it, unable to be like specifically maneuvered in the ways that many people at the top would want it to be specifically maneuvered. But there are groups of people who do exist in order to plan many of the outcomes that are produced by that system in, you know, in line with their interests. If you think about like central banks, all the central bankers meet at, you know, Jackson Hole at whatever time in the year. Um, and we get a system where you have like an insane amount of money creation that is being used to prop up asset prices, even as, you know, the rest of the economy stagnates and the gap between like stagnant incomes and rising asset prices is filled with shitloads of debt. Like that, those sets of decisions are a form of planning, mm. but they're not like a conspiracy. Yeah. It's a bunch of people who Wanna know each other and working together, <laughs> responding to, you know, <laughs> the internal contradictions of capitalism. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of market forces conspiring to create a hitman level. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of guys in tuxedos walking around under very poorly secured chandeliers. So, mm. Basically, with all of that in mind, so let's go through some of the details of uh, this great reset plan that uh, Klaus Schwab, as announced by a man I'm like, this standing. Is the first I've heard of this stuff. Yeah. I'm really. I'm, I'm all of don't, to trust that. me. All of it will be very familiar to you because Davos yeah. is only capable of doing the same. Friend. Warmed over shit every year. Yeah, but like saying it while talking, like leaning over a really high balcony and not looking over your shoulder ever. <laughs> so the great here's the there's the quote that I'm going to begin this with, which is uh, from a uh, the, the, one of the sort of inaugural uh, sessions of planning this great reset. Quote: mm. The best memorial we can build for those who lost their lives in the pandemic is a greener, smarter, and fairer world. And this was said by Kristalina Georgieva, the managing director of the IMF. But we won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, so, if if you want to know, uh, understand what this is, there it is, right there. It's the the head of the organization that made it so that Greece just had to let people burn to death in fires because they made them close their entire fire department, um, saying. We should make the world fairer. But again, this is the problem with just like talking about ideology and, you know, language rather than having a, a much deeper and more meaningful an analysis of structures, which is, you know, if you're looking at that, you're thinking, well, you know, there's a contradiction here between the things that this person is saying and the things that they're doing. So obviously this is a, a massive conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Or you can be like, this person is an actor in a system which they don't fundamentally comprehend but within which they have a certain set of interests mm -hmm. they're consistently trying to kind of align with what's going on and that is what gives rise to that 
like you know yeah, yeah. but also mm. but also or, or, or both yeah <laughs> they're an actor in a conspiracy that they don't fully understand i personally hate it when the greek fire department closes so the greek forest fires the greek air force has to get called in to drop plates on them <laughs> so, <laughs> the greek air force is by stealth one of our favorite oh, bits, it really I is so i think like what i see this as right is essentially marketing this is this is this is essentially yeah, or marketing. Lying, yeah. well, if you but will. It's different like, to that because I think they really believe it. Oh yeah, because you think it's I'm, fair that I Greece don't. pays its debt back to Germany, but it's yeah. also fair that say everyone gets to have the benefits of AI. No, I, I I I don't believe this is in earnest because it's all too self-consciously sinister. Like the reason why <laughs> I make the like the, the hitman level jokes is because they that, by this point you're just playing up to being a Bond villain. No, because imagine you can't get like, up on these people no. live in a world which is consistently organized in the way that they have been taught it should be organized. Obviously, you know, the 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 amount of kind of self-awareness that you would have to have, and generally that self-awareness is brought about by like there being dissonance between the way that you think the world should be and the way that the world is, just isn't there. So they are genuinely saying, you know, we think capitalism is the best system ever to kind of, you know, ever for human beings ever to have arrived at. We want to protect it, know. improve it. <laughs> make it better? Why aren't these people listening to us? Mm. Why are they causing so much conflict? It's that like, um, uh, you know, that meeting point between liberalism, which is like conflict is bad and particularly any form of conflict that involves class and like neoclassical economics, which is that any system can be fixed if you're able to kind of tweak it enough, if you're able to get enough information about it. I still it. think I still think that's giving them too much credit. I keep thinking about how uh, fossil fuel companies, for instance, mm. knew the broad strokes of no, global no, warming in the seventies, yeah. mm. and uh, you know embarked on a, if you like, a conspiracy. But, okay, uh, you know to... what? This is this is going to be this is quite a niche reference um, for anyone who doesn't mm. doesn't have Amazon Prime. But has anyone watched? Sorry, I need to get close to the mic. Well, who doesn't have um, Amazon Prime? That's where you get the exactly. shoes. Exactly. <laughs> if you've watched Succession, I think that's actually a really interesting example of like how fucked corporations are because it's all these like tiny infantilized men and sometimes women who are like wandering around trying to impress each other, like desperately trying to construct their You're corporate empire. You're describing trash future. I understand. <laughs> yeah, like this is an example of that. No, you are you are on the way. Like you're you're very serious and important now, and you know a proper business. And at some point, you know Riley's going to become the CEO. There's going to be like, uh, mm. like you know, you're going to be scratching each other's eyeballs out to, to the get business. the CEO CEO position. <laughs> Who's going to be CTO? I mean, that's going to be the Nate. That's Nate. That's yeah. definitely Nate. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, we're going to buy a boat. Someone someone's going to do a rap about Riley <laughs> in the hope that. Uh, it impresses him enough. I'd like to hear a rap. It will, by uh, the way. <laughs> see, see, he's already going and for by it. By the way, we said you, you mentioned oil companies. By the way, they are heavily involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Of course. So I think I think there is actually like I think a lot of the people might actually be coming at this from a very um, sincere but moronic position, and um, a lot of people mm. also might be coming at this from a quite sinister position. And the great thing about it's, Davos it's is they can work together. To do both at once. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it is possible to like contain those two uh, those two contradictions. So let's, right? Yeah, there are two genders here. There's Matt Hancock and there's Pete Buttigieg. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's go through this a bit. So they are, they are, as we say, all about enlightened leadership. Uh, they say some leaders, and this is sort of quoting from some all their marketing material, because we at TF, we take things at face value because they're evil enough. Uh, some leaders and decision makers who are already at the forefront of the fight against climate change want to mm. take advantage of the shock inflicted by the pandemic to implement long-lasting and wider environmental changes. There's they a will, word for that. It's called the shock doctrine. That's right. 
Yeah. Uh, and this, <laughs> now, if, if if I were if I kept meeting in a very sort of like Illuminati like set of circumstances that drove conspiracy theorists wild, I would simply not use the phrase enlightened leadership. <laughs> no, that's that's the phrase that's what I've used as a heading. Oh, me and Milo are going to bring back mm-hmm. uh, the Plato debate that happened all Gra- those years. Grace ago. and I are going to descend right. into the cave <laughs> yeah. and have a tussle. I want to be th- I want to be Thrasymachus, but because I want to imitate the sp- strong, powerful haunches of a bull. That's all right. Um, they will, in effect. Riley is the strong, powerful haunches of this podcast. <laughs> they will. will. <laughs> they will, in effect. Thrasymachus would have loved having a rap for himself. <laughs> yeah. They will, in effect, make good use of the pandemic by not letting the crisis go to waste. And so it has involved different leaders, ranging from the Prince of Wales to Andrew Cuomo. To cool. <laughs> yeah, wow, what guy, a spectrum. The guy, the, guy, <laughs> the guy who was like... People with very yeah. normally shaped fingers. But also, yeah, and the, the, guy, the guy who was like... Uh, if you if you're getting COVID by seeing your family over the holidays, it's like eating cheesecake. Fuck you. To that's what he said. Yeah. Whoa. Um, to his own uh, constituents. Great. To quote, build it back better, and goes in that direction. Oh my god, this is the best thing ever. The build back better thing, because obviously the build back better thing was coined by like left liberals who were like, this is such a clever slogan. We're going to use it everywhere. And the interesting thing about it was like, as soon as it came out, it was very obvious that it was going to be shit and co-opted by the right because what's the opposite of that build back worse uh, that is not something that anyone's ever going to advocate if you're coming up with a political slogan and you're trying to use it as like a progressive you know talking point if not if it is not possible to say the opposite of that thing it is not a good slogan it's just it's just meaningless right, so Carl now Popper. and fucking yeah. <laughs> damn I was gonna make that joke <laughs> oh my god are you joking when, when you asked what the Speaking opposite of, of build back better was I was trying to like puzzle that out like destroy forward worse which is what we're actually <laughs> <Yeah>. doing <laughs> um, episode like, title Carl Popper just being like to destroy my ass that's Carl right. Popper's <laughs> over that's here right. that's absolutely right so other major promoters of this great reset include uh, McKinsey the big four accountancy firms PepsiCo every major oil company <laughs> Foxconn, every big tech company, and um, every sort of neoliberal government. And, and Bean uh, Shoes Limited. The only government that's ba- the only governments that are basically not signed on to this are um, Bolivia and Venezuela. Cool. <laughs> Chads. Couple of Chads. Damn, even Cuba signed on. <laughs> yeah, and also Cuba. But like, basically, uh, the only, like, unless you're like ostracized um, by the international community for basically being too cool, you're here in Davos just... You know, jacking yourself off in breakout rooms with the head of marketing at Pepsi, all about how you're going to make capitalism accountable. This is this is like I, I my comparison for this is like a council of Soviets, right? In that this is what politics looks like when you win too much, and it's just kind of all you and your friends getting together to discuss how great you are. Oh, it's the podcast again. <laughs> so um, yeah, also yeah. So what, what the actual sort of economic content of this though is 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 much more. Sort of, I think, worthy of attention, uh, which is that the, the time has come, they say, for companies, because companies, by the way, is where all the change is coming from. Mm. And this is all about how people expect more Which from is companies. ironic, because the corporate form isn't really something that is supposed to exist under any, you know, pure theory of capitalism. Mm. 
it's a it's an inv- it's a bastardization of capitalism really oh, if there are we even are corporations <laughs> i know right yeah. if we could have pure capitalism where we were Born all individual in producers <laughs> we could all grow our own beans <laughs> construct our own shoes and all sell right. them to one another uh, trade so them to one it, another the time has come for companies to combine two agendas they must use the digital business models <laughs> the two and uh the fourth <laughs> industrial <laughs> <laughs> i heard there are at least three agendas yeah. that Thank must you, be Joe. a reference to <laughs> that's something that's right uh the companies they've been listening to the podcast the companies must use digital business models in the fourth industrial revolution technologies. So AI, Internet of Things, um, things like that. I love to use digital yeah. business models and fourth industrial revolution technologies. I'm doing that <laughs> shit all the time. However, they must also um, move towards something called stakeholder capitalism. Oh, I love this awesome. shit. Awesome. <laughs> into my That's base. why you're here. <laughs> Wait uh, for a bunch of vampires to be advocating this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and so basically they say they want to do things like find ways to implement that circular economy from that stupid bean shoe into everything that all companies do. But also... Oh, man, Riley, you're, you're on some fucking Nobel Prize winning author shit today. There's like Chekhov's gun shit in the start of the episode <laughs> that's seemingly <laughs> irrelevant, but it actually thematically comes back. You know, the microcosm is reflected in the macrocosm. How long Beautiful. do you think he's been planning? Yeah, and, I would give and, you a first class why- for this essay. It really is. <laughs> and, the reason, and the reason why the Matt Hancock was there was because what we're going to find out at the end is that he won the competition for like best costume at Davos last year. <laughs> yeah, and it was as he him as, as a, a young waffle. man. Yeah. Uh, no, so uh, basically, right, they say, look, we need to implement things like the circular economy. We need to make sure we're paying the right amount of taxes in certain jurisdictions. Never mind that those taxes are then going to go to then pay us for our services that but, have been privatized. But paying the right taxes yeah. would be yeah. taking it a step too far. Yeah. This is, you know, talking about things like uh, making sure that, I don't know, um, to be fair, they did actually say paying enough tax to not get they yelled. They did at. actually mm. say one of the proposed metrics, when whether that get, whether or not that gets taken forward, was the tax you're paying in certain different jurisdictions. There is, of course, a catch to that, which is that um, all of these uh, metrics that the Great Reset is recommending, because again, they're trying to account for why things are bad and market sort of neoliberalism as without being admitting good. that any of the causes are bad. Precisely, is that <laughs> all of these metrics were written by um, uh, a group that included Ernst & Young. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, this, ah. is the, this is all based on ESG criteria, yeah, right? Precisely. Which is Yeah, like, so, you know, there's this idea, and, and this is typified by when the Financial Times comes out and says capitalism time for a reset, which is obviously where it comes from, like the Great Reset thing. Um, and it is all about, like, how... And this actually does function. It's very interesting, this whole... This discourse, which the Financial Times kind of brings together and then communicates... Um, in a in a in a quite a compelling way that there's a kind of you know it's it's appealing to the idea of the self interested enlightened elite mm. um, the 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 platonic enlightened uh, mm. uh, enlightened philosopher which is which is were. throwing the word just, platonic yeah, around I mean, now <laughs> yeah that's we're, 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 because it doesn't apply yeah. to anyone in this group we are yeah, <laughs> that's any right. of the relationships in this group no, there's um, nothing platonic <laughs> about this podcast it's it's all it's all intercrural sex all the way down <laughs> I've got I've got Riley's thighs oiled up as we speak. It's true. <laughs> That's absolutely. No, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pass on to him my warrior spirit. <laughs> so, but we, what we say is that they, they are saying, look, we know, a we need to automate as much as possible. We need to drive as much as possible by AI. That will allow everything to get more efficient. Therefore, more environmentally friendly. Therefore, more circular. However. While doing this, we also have to make sure we're doing stakeholder capitalism. Otherwise, there's going to be like five guys that own everything and they're all here in this room. And then mm-hmm. everyone else will be 
you know, I don't know, shot onto the moon or, you know, quietly killed or turned into shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then th those five guys in the audience say, yeah, and that's bad. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> and because, like I said, remember, it's the big four accountancy firms who routinely the help all these, uh, all these companies. Like, EY helped Wirecard invent three and a half billion euros last year, and they're here like we're that gonna write a, the ESG really, metrics. That's really fun, though that whole story because it does. I mean, this is obviously where the the philosopher kings of the bourgeoisie have decided. Look, guys, you're all like basically fucking high on your own supply. You need to chill the fuck out because we are destroying ourselves with our own greed. We're gonna end up with a form of capitalism where like five firms own everything. And therefore, like five, 10 guys within those firms get to plan what's produced, what's innovated, where it's distributed mm. alongside like, you know, their friends and colleagues in capitalist states all over the world who are doing the same thing. And um, they're mm. kind of realizing that that is not sustainable. Also, that's not Ten sustainable. Guys pub yeah. landlord. But also it makes you very they vulnerable. They won't get invited to the Eyes Wide Chat party. Well, exactly. Well, the Eyes Wide Chat party is going to be only five people at that problem. Well, if it's, it's, only, if it's only five yeah. That's just guys. not an orgy. That's like a, a no. four P or whatever. That's, just, that's a podcast. <laughs> that's yeah, a it's podcast. So the, the thing is right here, so they say this is their issue, right? This is what they're trying to advocate for and share knowledge about. And like I said, this process that they're advocating for and sharing knowledge about is going to give rise to all that bad stuff that the right-wing conspiracists are so head up about. It's just, it's going to give rise to it in a very unusual way. So um, they, they talk about, right, we're going to drive social value through technological development and stakeholder engagement, which I love mm -hmm. to do, by the way. I, I love do to do love that. to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have, they do all of this not all of this nonsense buzzword shit that's just disguising all of the sort of evil that they're if not doing at least advocating for and again the only reason they're not doing it is that WEF has no independent power um, and it's important to remember that at no point does Schwab WEF or anyone actually define any of the terms they're talking about value yeah, to I them mean, is just a black box this is this is like trying to dictate policy at the white party right like it's it, it doesn't yeah. it's just a place where people go to talk to each other <laughs> you know what's what's really quite creepy about it though is that you were like oh they don't have any power it just reminded me that um there's this thing called like the wef global shapers which is people <laughs> who are like again, they love <laughs> ominous shit would it kill them to be not ominous for five seconds it's our new line of lycra underwear <laughs> It's very good. It just doesn't, doesn't show it under a tuxedo. It you into a perfectly round German banker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But From like, a they cartoon. Don't even, it's worse than all of this because it's a network of like young people, as in people under 30, who are like mm. changing the world. Here's what they, here's some, some interesting things that they say they're trying to do, right? So this is, I, I'm interested more in this fourth industrial revolution stuff because we know that stakeholder yeah, I, or I found ESG, this manila folder yeah. titled Project Arcturus. <laughs> so we, we know that stakeholder and ESG capitalism is bullshit. It's just basically putting the same wine in new bottles. Like it's there's nothing different about it. It's they say, oh, the you thing have which to, you already feel yeah. very strongly about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's they ruined devils. <laughs> <laughs> so they say things like, oh, we have to move beyond measuring GDP or we're going to be stuck in short termism, which is like a 2016 Hillary talking point. Um, I mean, the, the interesting thing is about it is that they're talking about contradictions that exist within capitalism and within different sections of the bourgeoisie. And the progressive element of it is basically like the non rentier side. And the allegedly right wing element of it is like, you know, just. The, not even the like massive investment banks anymore, just like the 
fuck off asset managers, the like ridiculously extractive tech Black companies. also heavily involved. Yeah, exactly. So like there's, that's the divide. And it's hilarious that like liberals are constantly taken in by thinking, well, of course we should side with the nice half of capitalism. Mm. A, the half that's going to lose and B, like not achieving any of your goals yeah, in doing so. If you all agree that you're going to measure something other than GDP, how did GDP come up? Why did we start measuring it? Who's it useful to? Wow. Uh, you, it might Simon be Kuznets. that you measure something like gross mm. national happiness or which is thing, something they actually propose. And how do you measure the happiness? Interesting. Well, obviously, everyone has to be microchips. Yeah. You know? Yeah, EY is going to introduce a new graduate scheme for Vibe Consultants. <laughs> and those Vibe Consultants will right. go to Davos. Nevertheless, all of, the, all of these things you might find because we are looking at a, 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 a set of activities that is built on a fundamentally exploitative building block of either the owner and the renter or the manager and the employee or what have you, um, you're going to look, whatever you measure, it's like trying to change the nature of a steam of a, a locomotive by blowing the steam a different direction. It's like trying to change the nature of a shoe by crushing it up into many different <laughs> bean juices. Yeah. and trying to make chili out of a shoe at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what this thing, the fourth industrial revolution they're talking about, this is where a lot of the sinister stuff comes in. So what were say, the other two that I missed? There were, there were three. Yeah. I mean, there, so yeah, there was... I did one of those in GCSE history, and then the other so two I just passed was, me by entirely. There was electricity. Uh-huh. There was... Uh, I remember that one. There was the steam engine, mm-hmm. and there was, like... Mass like computing and shit. Yeah, like it was the the first version, the first version of automation. Yeah, you know, sort of post Fordist, but pre whatever this is now. Yeah, when you had like ticker tape machines telling you yeah, stuff, things of that nature. Yeah. So they say this. Is, so basically, this thing, right? They say it's all going to be about bringing information into databases and linking those databases together, and those can be public databases, such as one called Common Pass, which they're really into, by the way, which mm. is um, a, an electronic global. Um, uh, 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 citizen record that shows your vaccination status that will Ooh, allow you to travel. Creepy. Cool. Yeah, right. Maybe <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm feeling all, so normal about this one. Who's who's in charge of that one? Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Gates Foundation does love it. The oh. Gates Foundation is super into the digitization of people's citizen people's citizens citizenship. Essentially, I mean, at Having, some point uh, when you've got everyone's like you know you've got a record of everyone's whereabouts, their like DNA, their vaccination record. Presumably, you could just like exterminate everyone, but humanity would still I'm exist sure they'd in never your nice little ledger. That. That'd be very, very easy mm. to control. We talk about these things like Common Pass or Citizen Folder. All of these things are massively, massively favored by all the WEF people, right? And they're massively favored by sort of a, a sort of quite sort of liberal or right wing governments. And they're massively favored by companies because the idea is once we just create this asset of everyone's data, mm. then we can bring it up into management and then sell off the management of it. Yeah. And well, when I we're mean, done with it, turn it back into beans. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could, I mean, if you had the asset. You could leverage it. Mm-hmm. You could use it to generate more assets mm-hmm. on mm. top of assets, on top of assets. And, and we all know how that works. Collateralized out. bean <laughs> obligations. Yeah. Well, or in this case, collateralized citizen obligations. Nice. So in, I like yeah. the sound of so that. The, the, the Bill and Melinda. Deportation futures is such a cursed bit. This is what the bean thing's about. It's a metaphor. Collateralized oh. citizen obligations are 
we are the beans. Yeah. We're crushed up into the shoes. Oh, we're the beans. For the giant people mm. who will wear them to Davos. That's right. And then they'll be crushed up again yeah. at the end of Davos. In those shoes, 20 foot high chickens. <laughs> so, um, but right. So you look at this, right? So good. what, Thank you. for example, like they, they love their sort of relationships with, um, with like especially Colombia and Rwanda are two countries mm. where like oh, yeah. WEF has built these the two genders. WEF has built <laughs> the these or WEF and people associated have built these sort of large lighthouse projects of like Why would trying you need to a lighthouse <laughs> in Rwanda is landlocked. Uh, it's a corporate it's corporate <laughs> nonsense. Um and, and the idea is they they said, Oh yeah, here we've now digitized everyone in high school and we're monitoring them learning how to code and then what if they code enough, then they'll get something that will let them work for Google and that's how we're doing poverty reduction. Because cool. everyone should work for Google. The because. one guy who goes from Rwanda from working to Google yeah. will have to support everyone else <laughs> in the country. So essentially mm. right. There there Along are with the, Tony Blair, who's already supporting Paul Kagame. <laughs> so the, the creations of the of lots of these different databases to access all of these services and then as a reward, you get like what a little stamp that says that you've done something or you get you get mm. all the vaccinations that you might have gotten oh, as normal. But this yeah. time, you know, there's a little folder that sort of recorded it for you. And then you think about linking those databases together and you ask who's going to be controlling how this information is shared and used and analyzed and so on. And additionally, right, then you look at how this is happening in companies because companies have the exact same uh, incentives. And it's not just tech companies. PepsiCo, General Electric, fucking Walmart, all of these are also information companies now because they're trying to build in the Internet of Things and the and, and heavy automation into their entire supply chains. And so then they're saying, okay, well, now we're going to have to create digitized asset registers of everything we touch and everything that's relevant to us so we can continue feeding that into AI models and automate more machines to sort of do those tasks much more efficiently over and over time. And of course, we'll need fewer people to do this. However, they're all, and what we've given them is um, a ticket to get a coding degree on Udemy. And here we are once again at where every Trash Fuses episode ultimately ends, which is at the declining organic composition of capital. <laughs> Indeed. This <laughs> is essentially a big, um, a, a big marketing or, um, operation. And if you like sort of initiative coordination operation, for the replacement of labor with uh, physical capital. With which, can you tell me what happens? What happens to the rate of profit when that happens? I, I believe... Has a tendency uh, to be subject, awesome. Subject to potential counter-tendencies. <laughs> tendency to become it, beans. It, it, it tends to fall. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Um, That's not good. So if you... I Someone have, should have looked into this. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a few of the, um, of the examples of how this is being carried off. Um, mm -hmm. because they, they, they're, they're, again, proudly sharing these accomplishments in doing these kinds of things. They say, for example, a large consumer goods company is replacing 90% of its field sales force with digital remote interactions supported by data-driven... What data -driven is, what digital what? remote interaction? Yeah. Well, basically, they're turning everyone who works for them into um, uh, influencers and thereby doubling workforce productivity. Wait, are you joking? Is that what... Is that what that actually means? Oh, so they have, to like, they have to like post hole. I oh, know. Sorry, that was another an, another <laughs> another similar company, uh, a Chinese cosmetics retailer that has repurposed all of its in-store advisors uh, into being influencers. Step into the Callaway of fire. <laughs> um, oh my god! So, for example, uh, DHL say they have enhanced human capability. I love what they call their employees humans. Again, so fucking Normal. ominous. Everyone <laughs> saying these things is wearing an enormous Nehru jacket. The flesh and, like, of our employees is weak, but the structure is strong. <laughs> so if one cog were to fail, well, we could simply reconstitute <laughs> it from beans. Is this Hold up. The third, no, the third reference. Uh -huh. Or is this just a generic Is German this a what reference? Just, just <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. 
So, there's just a guy. That it's I was just doing. a guy. It's, it's an ominous it's a German guy. guy. It's an artist right? guy. It's a German guy. So, uh, here's the thing, though. I think it's a deep-voiced guy. They have enhanced that My human... German guy is more like this. <laughs> oh, okay. They have enhanced that human capability by giving everyone Google glasses to cool. vision pick products resulting in employees Vision pick, oh also God, known as picking. That. Envisioning the cardboard box full of unsold Google Glass, <laughs> one meeting, and in a hitman level, and then all of a sudden every DHL employee has Google Glass. <laughs> it, it, again, it, the structural is, forces here are not that opaque. <laughs> yeah, you, but the, the best part is that this is so that they can benefit from real-time instructions. <laughs> so no, it's not. Yeah, it's it so that they yeah, can... It no, it's not. It's so you can attach a camera to your employee and Google can fucking get rid of the Google Glass. <laughs> or, uh, mm. and this is for Americans in the audience, Kaiser Permanente, one of the big American health insurers, is yeah. partnering with... after Wilhelm II? Is or? partnering with a charity called Unite Another Us one. to create a program called Thrive Local. Kaiser uh, Permanente is the name of every Argentinian dude. Yeah. <laughs> a network to connect healthcare and social services providers to millions of consumers across the United States. Almost as though what they're doing is creating a large a large centralized ledger of everyone's not just health but social services needs. No, I mean this is I like I know what Kaiser Permanente is because it's like held up again by liberals as this amazing innovative private sector organization that as an insurance company slash healthcare provider has a genuine interest in the people pr with whom it is providing insurance for them to be <laughs> healthy. Mm. And so this is like the yeah, it's best not called form Kaiser of capitalism. Temporary, eh? <laughs> 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 Kaiser short termio. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like oh. yeah. it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> it's creepy, and this is like the peak of what liberals can imagine as like the best form of capitalism is that you have an insurance company that wants you to stay alive because if you don't stay alive, it will lose money. Mm. Well, because it's mm. it's fundamental, and what's what I find very interesting about this, right, is that all of the assumptions of underpinning what they're actually doing is this. And yet, what they're pairing it with is not just this so ESG tan. rhetoric, but they're also pairing it with heavily quoting Rutger Bregman, who, if you remember... <laughs> who I had on my podcast! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, traitor. If you remember, from last year's WEF... Can, can I just say before we started that, like, you know, we reached out to Rutger, like, a year ago to ask whether he wanted to come on Trash Future and he was like his agent was initially like yeah he'd love to come on and then a day later he was like yeah we've listened to your show and actually like he doesn't want to come on anymore. yeah he, he heard your bit about what if a Swedish man was Italian yeah. Yeah. and he was he like knows no nothing thank you. about Yu-Gi-Oh and he was afraid of being shown up <laughs> yeah now nonetheless they are heavily, the OG. but they heavily right. quote from him. I actually genuine. Do you want to hear something That's really funny about Yu-Gi-Oh? I when I was uh, younger, yeah. me and my brother had um little like decks with Yu-Gi-Oh cards that you attach to your arm. Do you remember that the Yu-Gi-Oh things oh, used to come shit. out there? You had, oh, wow. We used to battle each yeah. other with them. You had the jewel discs. Oh my yes, god. Yes, the jewel discs. You decks. had the jewel discs. Oh my god. I know, right? I'm I sick, had a Beyblade arena, and that's as close as I can count. Oh, I, awesome! I remember those as well. Beyblades were so Amazing. good. We should talk about this yeah. more. We should in the we definitely we, we talk about this. Yeah, yeah, we Brace Blakely is like my favorite type of Grace Blakely. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Um, nevertheless, just sort of br bringing us through to the close here, right? Which is uh, the idea—the idea of having this conversation overall, right—is to say to you, the listener, you know, armor yourself with contempt for this kind of language and make that contempt out of beans, <laughs> <laughs> because this is going to, because this is going to be what the uh, the Democratic Party under Joe Biden or what the Labour Party under Keir Starmer, this is going to be what they offer you. What they're offering you is they're going to say, we are going to make companies 
report on all of these sort of social governance, environmental metrics. We are going to um, say, I don't know, have uh, uh, loans from the Green Investment Bank for the circular economy, but that's going to be stuff that these people support. That's going to be, at best, the bean shoes. At best. And yeah, at, at, no. The best, the best scenario is that this is a lie, right? The best, the best possible outcome is we say we're going to do this, but actually we won't, and we'll keep doing the same evil shit we were doing before. The worst outcome is we actually do build the database that like harvests all of your fucking information. And and right, like the and that's why I think you know it's it's not helpful to to look at say even conspiracies around this and dismiss them out of hand, right? Because they're only incidentally wrong. Like yeah. They're only yeah. wrong about the specifics of the expression. They're right about what's really going it's on also, underneath. It's also worth pointing out that like conspiracy theories at this stage of capitalism are very much... I mean, I don't know if it's, it's right to say functional, but they're certainly derived from the analogic of the way that the system works. Because, I mean, we've entered into this stage of like, you know, not like what they would call knowledge-based capitalism, quaternary industry-based capitalism, where it has become the responsibility of states to make sure that there is a workforce that is educated enough. So, you know, reproducing a certain portion of labor to allow it to perform the duties that are required in this incredibly complex system. And for all the people who are excluded from that process of kind of education in order to make them fit into the particular kind of cogs of the professional managerial class, there is a sense that things are fucked, but a deliberate, pre- a deliberate attempt to prevent people from really understand what, understanding what's going on. And also that combined with the kind of um, just you know, the complete removal of any li- like authentic links of accountability between most people and like the institutions that govern their lives. Obviously, you're going to think everything's a con- fucking conspiracy if you have like no idea how the system which is objectively exploiting you works and also you're not able to hold those people to account this is the thing that bugs me so much about the sort of the biden Buttigieg thing about like uh fake news or conspiracy oh God, theories yeah. or whatever is that like you don't get to get on that high horse if you have done enough actual conspiracies in your time right? you can't you don't cry thing, because you got you what you wanted talk about conspiracy theories yeah or diana for that matter no. Mm. We will find out the truth. That car was made <laughs> out of beans. <laughs> I mean, what's, inter- what's interesting is that, like, the anxiety of every single person, like, involved in this is kind of like, it comes from, or every single group of people, like, it comes from the same place, which is that, like, it's this inevitable understanding that the system as it is is basically going to collapse, or at least it's kind of, like, failed beyond, like, any sort of meaningful repair. And the difference is, like, the way in which, like, these groups approach it. So when you talk about, like, conspiracy theorists, um, like these are people who kind of understand that, yeah, like the current system has failed and like there are no material gains from it. Um, and the answer must be that there is like, there are like people um, right at the top that are benefiting from it who are getting the material gains because why does it keep reproducing? But then they'll kind of go towards like, well, these people also um, have eyes wide shut parties in in Davos and like there are like children involved and they all they come in like Wayfair Riley. in way in Wayfair. Like, I don't want I don't want to go to the pedophilia Olympics. Okay, but then it, but then if you kind of like compare that to the people at the party who like I I mean look number one I definitely believe that there is an eyes wide shut party happening but it's like the most boring 
party that you can imagine. It's a networking event. It's a networking event. I got a gold medal in the giant throwing. It's like a suburban, it's like a suburban fancy dress party, which like is trying desperately to become an orgy. But there are like too many like middle-aged <laughs> men who are just really tired. They're just exhausted and they they're don't want to deal podcasting. with it. Um, but, in this case, they're, they're, far too, they're far too busy um, essentially just living their entire lives as university application essays. Right. But like, well, at the but, same yeah. time, burning down the world to get the privilege to do but so. Like, you, can, you can tell when you read the report, but also in just like even the podcast that they've put out. But like they've sort of understood that like, yeah, the system as it is, is not working. And like we can't keep kind of prescribing the same stuff i think with all of that in mind right i think you know you can be sufficiently contemptuous of this kind of thing and also sufficiently understanding that like the people here are not working in your interest they they basically don't care about you if they say they do they're lying and they'll co-opt the people who tell them otherwise um so you know fuck them also they're ruining davos Um, (laughs) yeah that's right that's the main thing that's a wrap um and anyway so i wanted to say so firstly thank you everyone for listening and Thank you to our guest, Grace Blakely, the host of a World to Win podcast. Oh, look at that little plug. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Which you should check out for uh, also other podcast time that you have to listen to. It's the best horny podcast about Play-Doh's Cave that I've ever listened to. (laughs) And I've listened to them all, folks. That's right. Uh, Milo has gone on a a sort of vision quest to listen to all the horny podcasts about Play-Doh's Cave that he could find. That's Mine right. Was the best. Yep. Yeah. And Grace's was the best. Well, I could only enjoy the shadows of those podcasts. Well, obviously. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, yeah, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon second episode every week, $5 a month. And today, the day this comes out, uh, which will be the 1st of December, mm. is the last day to pre-order shirts. So midnight tonight yeah. is the last day. For you to pre-order shirts. Do I not That's get a right. free shirt? I've just given you like over an hour of my unpaid labor. Oh, we'll talk about some. Okay. Not, not a little stuff. Okay. Yeah, okay. Fucking bring in some. So I have to give you the shirt that I'm currently wearing in exchange. Well, yeah, because we're gonna print. Well, no, wait, so we'll turn it back into party. beans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our shirts are made of beans. I assume your shirt's made of beans. Of course. We're going to put them... Well, mm. like, beans are the universal commodity. Of course. Yeah. It's like, that's the money form. Yeah, they're like conch shells or yeah. like cigarettes or, well, you know, gold. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's that uh, it's that special commodity that contains in it the value of labor, <laughs> beans. <laughs> that's right. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Theme song is Ginseng by... Uh, nope, it's Here We Go by Ginseng. Oh, get the it right. The theme song oh, is babe. Beans. <laughs> He's all flustered now. The theme song is Beans. The theme song is Beans. You're Beans. You're listening to Beans. That's um, right. Small Beans. Thank you for listening to Beans Future. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next Beans. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.